Hey, and welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Lockwood. And if you ever look around your house and wonder where the heck did all this stuff come from and how am I ever going to get it out, you are in the right place. I'm a mom of five who decluttered her home back in 2013 when my family and I decided to move from Alaska to Florida with one suitcase each. And I do not recommend it. What I do recommend is learning how to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist, which means learning to find the balance of what your family needs and wants without it being so much that it overwhelms you on a daily basis. So if that sounds good to you, you are going to love this podcast. Let's dive into the episode. been trying to declutter your house and not been as successful as you like, I am willing to bet that I can help you figure out exactly why. There are a lot of reasons that moms feel like they can't declutter, declutter, whether it's their kids or their spouse or the time or the energy, or just simply not knowing what to do, where to take things, how to donate, right? How to do it mindfully, how to not be wasteful and Plus you're worried about like, what if I need it? You know, I wasted so much money on this. What if I need it again and I can't get it? There is so much that goes into decluttering as a mom. And I promise that if you have thought it or felt it, I have heard it before or experienced it myself. And that is exactly why I created this training called how to create your mom proof decluttering plan. And I've done a lot of decluttering checklists, challenges, courses, programs in the past, and they work. And this training really is the framework for every single thing that moms need to consider when it comes to decluttering their home. It's the plan. We're actually going to build your plan together. It's following through with your plan and it's including your family and even learning how to make this process as enjoyable as possible. Because most people feel like The task is daunting or just another thing on their to-do list, and I don't want it to feel like that for you. So this free training, how to create your mom-proof decluttering plan, you can go to motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY to get it, or you can just check the show notes of this episode and you will find it. Come get it. I know there is so much information about there. A lot of it is much the same. Five steps to declutter your house, you know? Here's the checklist to declutter this area of your house, but none of them really show you the full scope of what goes into doing this start to finish. And that's exactly what's in this training. So go check it out, motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY, or check the description of this episode to go get it today. So welcome to day two of the Purgeathon, the sequel. Like I said, we've done the original Purgeathon. This is the Purgeathon, the sequel. And it's going really well. People are making tons of progress. It's getting kind of hot in here. So I'm going to take off my hoodie. (laughs) Um, I'm in the room that has all the windows and the sun is coming. I'm starting to get really hot. So um, today, when we talk about laundry, okay, we've talked about laundry a lot um, in podcast episodes and challenges and courses and posts and blogs. We've talked about laundry a lot. Yeah, Jessica just said, it's the song that never, never ends. And this Purgeathon, I specifically asked you guys for the topics that you wanted covered. Laundry came up again, and I didn't want to give you guys the same 
the same tips, like the same things that we've always done. So I wanted to give you something different. And so in the challenge today, what I challenge you to do is go through your house and address the laundry piles. Okay, because I know that's a big deal for a lot of people. It used to be, yeah, hey, Kara. Yeah, I had to get the baby. <laughs> but it, that used to be my reality. Is like the back of the couch, on the beds, um, on the backs of chairs, in the laundry baskets, you know, next to the bed or in the laundry baskets in the closet or in the laundry baskets on the washing machine and they're clean, but that's where we're getting our clean clothes from, not our closets. So I wanted to talk to you guys about the laundry piles, okay? And so what I want you to do, if you have laundry piles, is go through your house and collect all of that laundry. Get it into one place. Okay, I don't always go Marie Kondo on you guys, but in this instance, in this type of situation, I think it's necessary. I think it's necessary for you to go gather it all up, get it all cleared out, and start fresh. Then when you have it all there, divide it into piles. Okay, some of the stuff you're gonna um you're gonna know like right off the bat, like don't need this, baby hasn't been to this for a few months, or it's the wrong season for this or whatever. Some of those things are going to be really easy to make a decision on. It's going to go right into the donate pile. Some of it's going to be dirty today and for the rest of the week, as much as possible, depending on how much there is for you to do, wash it, dry it, put it away. A tip for your laundry so that it doesn't go in the washer and start to smell like mildew or go and runs five cycles through the dryer so it doesn't get wrinkly is to wash it, dry it, fold it or hang it and put it away before you start the next load of laundry. That's how I do it. Otherwise it gets all backed up. I start to put the loads in a basket next to the dryer. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, this is so much. I'm getting overwhelmed. If you do it one load at a time, start to finish, wash, dry, fold, hang, put away, whatever it is that you do. It makes it so that you don't end up in that perpetual cycle and be the person who's posting those memes of like, <laughs> I turn my dryer on five times before I actually put it away, right? Um, just a little tip and um, it just helps me with my follow through and making sure that I'm finishing it and putting it away like it's supposed to without getting backed up. So as much as possible today and the rest of the week, get caught up on those piles. Make that your top priority because you have to wear clothes every day. It's not just gonna go away. It's not gonna wash or dry or put itself away. So make that your priority because once you get ahead of it and once you declutter and simplify the amount of laundry that you have, it gets easier and easier to maintain it, okay? So go through, get those piles squared away into a donate pile, into a wash, dry, put away pile, or if it's clean, fold it, hang it, put it away right away today. Um, if you are going to donate those clothes, donate them today or make time to do it tomorrow or sometime before the end of the week so that it's out and gone and done. A really big part of being successful in your decluttering process is following through. Okay, because a lot of times we declutter, we put things by the door or in the garage or in a box to be taken somewhere. It never gets taken somewhere. It becomes another clutter crutch. A clutter crutch is just a place to put your clutter and it attracts more clutter. And so following through with the challenges in here is really important, okay? Following through. Don't sabotage all of the hard work that you did by gathering the laundry, bagging it up, 
washing it, drying it, folding it up and taking it away to be donated by not actually donating it, okay? Don't sabotage yourself like that. You've done all the hard work. The easiest part of this process is to take it somewhere. I know it doesn't feel like the easiest part because you have to drive somewhere and take it away, but I promise you it's the easiest part. You've done all of the hard work before. It's that last tiny little bit that makes all of the difference. They can really make or break your progress, literally, okay? So that's laundry. Now, the next thing, I'm gonna come back and check um, comments in just a minute, but the next part of this laundry situation that I really want you to um, be honest with yourself about, and I have seen photos, I've worked in homes with people in person, um, I've watched you guys a lot, and there is something that I notice that happens, and I'm not calling you guys out, okay, I'm not giving you a hard time, but this is just something that I have noticed and has been true for me in the past is that you have things like a really pretty accent piece of furniture or, um, okay, I'll come to that in just a second, Sarah, um, a pretty accent piece of furniture or maybe like an end table, maybe some gym equipment. Um, if Jamie is on here, maybe a really cool drum set that has a specific purpose and usually a very cool purpose that could be serving your family, but it's been buried in laundry for so long that it doesn't get to live out that purpose. Okay, you don't get to sit in that chair. You don't get to relax in it. You don't get to read books with your kids in that. You don't get to run on the treadmill because it's covered in laundry. So if the entire purpose of that piece of furniture that you have purchased has become just to hold your laundry, really consider whether you want to keep that piece of furniture in your home. Okay. If it's just a place that attracts clutter, really, really consider it. And that's one of the things that we learned when we left Alaska and moved to Florida is, um, <laughs> the drums change says, is that um, we had a lot of furniture that didn't really serve a purpose other than to store our clutter. And now we're very mindful about the pieces of furniture that we buy, what they're for, and making sure that we actually use it for that, for that intended purpose, Okay. If I want to buy an accent chair, it's going to be because it looks great in the space and I need a place to sit. I'm not going to buy an accent chair just to fill up some space. Or I'm not going to buy a bookshelf just to say that I have a bookshelf and put some trinkets on it. I'm going to buy a bookshelf because we need a bookshelf and I want it to look nice. Um, so really consider the pieces of furniture that you have. Ask yourself, is this just a clutter crutch <laughs> or is this something that I really want in my home? Okay, and I know that can be a big question, like a big question to answer, honestly, but it's a good one. And not only does it eliminate, you know, another place in your home to attract clutter, but it can also give you more open space, which is something that I've talked about in here before is like having open space when you have kids is so awesome. It's so awesome to have room for them to move and B, without worrying about like running into things, knocking things over, breaking things. Um, that's just my personal opinion is like, I, I really like having open space and not having to worry about them like knocking over all of the stuff on the shelf. So really ask yourself like, do I need this piece of furniture or is it just a glorified laundry wardrobe? <laughs> okay, hey Shamra. Um, okay, so. I gotta move this so I can see my notes. What is this next? Okay, I'm gonna go to the bedding question. We're gonna talk about bedding real quick. Oops. 
because um, Sarah had a question specifically about that. I want to get to the questions. Um, I want to answer Sarah's question, and then I'm going to tell you how we do towels and bedding. So, like you, like if you have overnight guests frequently, like anywhere from two to five extra people at a time, I've got a good grip on sheets, but blankets I'm so stuck on. Having enough to cover everyone, plus the ones we use seasonally on our own beds. Six people live here. How are you simplifying the guest stuff? We all have different beds or different sized beds to accommodate. Okay. So this is a good question because we specifically bought this house so that we can accommodate a lot of extra people at a time. Um, probably like 10 people at a time. So the way we did it is we got bunk beds for the kids so that they ha we have bed space for those people. So obviously those beds have the bedding that they need. And this might not help you because you're probably like, I don't want to buy bunk beds. But we have bunk beds in Derek's room, Bree's room, and in the guest room. So, and it's a queen on the bottom. So the parents can, or so people can sleep on the bottom on the big size queen bed and somebody can sleep up top however they want to do it because um, the cousins are older. So our extra bedding stays on the beds. We do have things like throw blankets. We have like three or four throw blankets for the couches that stay in an ottoman. And those blankets can be used like on the couches if anybody's sleeping on the couch because we will have a lot of people. If for some reason we don't have enough beds, <laughs> um, we have those three to four extra ones for the couches. Um, now, what I'm about to tell you freaks everybody out. But you know what? I, we did it this way before we even decluttered our stuff. All of our beds, every bed in our house has one set of bedding. And then we have those three to four extra like throw blankets and like snuggling blankets. Um, we've only ever had one set of bedding. Okay. And I know people think that's crazy, but I've been raising kids for like, 13 years, my stepson is 13, and I met my husband when he was just a few months old, and we've only ever had one set of bedding. And I don't know why I did that, probably because money was tight back then or something, I don't know. But it's always worked for us, because if they throw up, if they have an accident in the bed, I can't let that stuff sit on the sheets forever and just put a new set on it. Okay, I have to wash it right away, right? So if that happens in the middle of the night, or even in the middle of the day, I immediately wash it and we have those extra blankets on the couch that we use in the meantime. So they're not gonna die, you know, if they have to sleep on a bed with a blanket instead of a sheet and then a blanket on top. Like that's just what we have to do because I really don't like storing a bunch of bedding. And this is why I grew up in a house. <laughs> there you go. Um, I grew up in a house that had tons of extra bedding and tons of extra sheets, and it was stored in this closet. Like you open it up, the only thing in there was sheets and pillowcases <laughs> that were old and smelled horrible because they had been sitting in a closet buried under each other for who knows how long. Um, and it just made your bed smell weird, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it because that's who I am. <laughs> that's just who I am. But I've never had a bunch of extra bedding. I. I personally just don't see the point of it because I've never done it. I've never done it. I've never had it even before we decluttered everything. Um, but we've always had enough blankets. Even when people come to visit, we've always had enough because they, we have the beds 
So it's stored on the beds. And like I said, we have those extras. Um, we also, we have sleeping bags for like camping and stuff. So sometimes like if it's kids, they love sleeping in a sleeping bag. So we would do that. Um, it's never been an issue that comes up. So I will let you guys know how it goes when all of the cousins come to stay here. Cause there's going to be a lot of people like 25 people or something. I'll let you guys know how that goes. And if we have to go buy some emergency blankets, <laughs> Um, but it's never been an issue. And I think sometimes we get in our heads of like, what if people come over and we don't have enough blankets or towels and then we live our lives with these closets full of musty smelling blankets for that day that we have 30 people over and not enough blankets. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, so that's how we do it. That's how we do it. Um, we, we've just never had extra bedding. I have seen a cool trick though um, from somebody here in the group who has an extra set of sheets, like a mattress protector and a set of sheets. Um, she does mattress protector, sheet, mattress protector, sheet, so that when and if their kid has an accident, you just take the top sheet and the top mattress protector off, wash it, and then the next one is underneath it. And that to me makes sense because you're not storing it it's not getting that funky smell. It's not like all smashed on top of each other. Um, it's just right there. Super easy. So if I were to ever buy more, more bedding or have more on hand, that's how I would do it. Because I think that's really smart. Um, and I'm trying to think guys too, like <laughs> um, somebody mentioned like having the stomach bug, like every one to like once or twice a month. We've never had that. However, my son what's the bed often still he sees the chiropractor for it when he sees the chiropractor it gets better but he's seven and still has a lot of nighttime accidents so i'm still washing his bedding once or twice a week and it's not an issue not an issue wake up in the morning i'm like okay i gotta wash these i have all day to get this load done and because i've simplified all the other parts of my laundry like it's easy it's easy for me to wash dry put it back on the bed before bedtime um even when i was working full-time outside of the home it was really easy for me to do that. So if you're drowning in bedding, if you're overwhelmed by bedding, if you have a linen closet or a hallway closet or a storage area somewhere that is overflowing and bursting at the seams with bedding, you have permission to downsize it, okay? Um, I hope that answered your question. I'm gonna check on the things. Um, I don't have a bunch of beds. It's a trundle air mattress. Okay, so. We had that too. We had the like the pull out cot thing and we did the same thing. Those just had their own set of bedding and it just stayed with it, just stayed with it um, until we pulled it out. Um, that was before we had all these boys beds. Boys, all these boys, <laughs> all these beds. Um, that was when we were in Florida. Um, okay. Yes, sleeping bags. So sleeping bags is what we did. Um, for the kids, they had indoor ones for like sleepovers when they would have their friends over. And then if there was more people, like when my family would come to visit or his family, we would get the actual camping ones. So we had one little rolled up sleeping bag that stayed in their closet and they loved those. Um, sometimes like they would sleep in those a lot too, like just for fun. Um, okay. Let's talk about towels. <laughs> Okay, towels are another one that a lot of times we have a whole lot of and we don't really know why, right? Like everybody uses one towel, the laundry, 
or the towel piles are never ending. So in our house, everybody gets one towel, one everyday towel. And I wash them every three to four days. We didn't always used to do this. We used to have a lot. And up until we moved to Florida, we had a lot. And I was like so annoyed with them because (laughs) people would get a towel. They would use it. They would hang it up. We couldn't remember whose towel was who or who left their towel where. It would sit on the floor in a pile and it would get like a really bad smell after like a day. And then they would want a new towel and it was just chaos. So when we moved to Florida, we got a set of matching towels, um, some for James and I, and then we got the kids their own little kid towels. And they used those the whole entire time we were in Florida. Everybody had their daily towel. It made it so simple because they knew which one was theirs. They knew where to put it. They knew that when they were done with it, it got hung up. Confession, I knew which one was mine. So I knew that I had to hang it up and put it away. And living in that way just kind of trained us to take care of our stuff. Okay, pay attention to hanging up our towel, those little tiny details in life that make a big difference. Hang up your towel when you're done with it, knowing where you put it, um, not leaving it on a floor, not leaving it hung over the bed or over the chair or wherever, um, it may, it trained me, <laughs> it made me grow up <laughs> and learn how to take care of my towels. So that just became our norm. Kind of like with the dishes, like once you get trained to only use like a daily set of dishes, it's easy for you. It's second nature. And you're like, Oh my God, life is easy. So much easier. Um, so that's how we do towels now. Same situation with the bedding as the towels now in that we are going to be hosting a lot of people. So we have more towels than that, but we don't use them every day. Um, We don't use them every day. I have them stored in the laundry room above the washer and dryer, all of the extras. Um, And we're on the drums. Yeah, Jane, we're on the drums. I have all the extras or when the cousins come to visit and aunts and uncles and the grandparents so that we have enough towels for everybody, like 25. Like that's how many we have because people don't want to, when, when you're a guest and it's not your family or your kids, it's fine if it's cousins, but you know, aunts and uncles don't want to be sharing towels with their sisters or their moms. So we have a lot more towels. They're not being used every day. We still have our everyday set of towels that are out so that I'm not drowning in towel laundry so that my kids are still knowing like, hey, this towel is my responsibility. If I want a nice, clean, fresh towel, I have to use it and then hang it back up. Um, And that's how we do towels. For things like kitchen rags, I have like a 12 pack that I bought. I think it's like a 12 pack, maybe 10 or 12 pack. It stays under the sink. Um, I use them to clean the bathrooms, to clean the kitchens, for spills, for all those kinds of things. And when they're dirty, I put them in a little bin under the sink and I wash them when I wash the bathroom towels. So that's what I have as far as wash rags is just a set of 12. Okay. Hand towels. We have at least one or two in each bathroom, depending on how many hooks there are to hang them from. Um, and then because we are having a lot of cousins, you know, going to be staying with us soon. I have a bunch of extra hand towels with this spare guest set in the laundry room. But my, I think the biggest point to take away here is separate your daily use stuff with your extra stuff. And if you 
like Sarah, if you're still here, do the same thing with bedding. You know, if you need more bedding for things like cots, just have your daily set, have your everyday things, and then separate it from your guest stuff. Um, wherever it fits in your house, you can find a spot for it. Um, because I know that if entertaining and hosting guests is important to you, you're going to make a space for, you know, to hold that kind of stuff in your house. And then the nice thing is too, is they can store it in a way or save nice and fresh. So when your guests come to visit, they're like, oh my gosh, you have the best towels for me. This is amazing. I don't want to leave. Great. Um, and that's kind of how I want people to feel when they come to our house. It's like, um, um, welcome and comfortable. So you still feel like it's cluttered. If you still feel like it's cluttered and it's stored here and there, it's probably because it's stored here and there. And maybe you just need to, <laughs> maybe you just need to spend some time with those things, get acquainted, pick what you feel like would really suit your guests the most and pick those things and then just pick one space for it. So I know that that's really true for me is like when I have things stored in different places throughout the house, it feels chaotic and pretty overwhelming to me, but if it's all in one place, like it's okay. Uh, okay, Marie, I know. But I, and I've talked about this like with cleaning supplies before. It's like, I know a lot of times people keep cleaning supplies like under the kitchen sink, under the bathroom sinks, in the laundry rooms, in the hallway closets. And it gets chaotic. You can't remember what you have. You can't remember where it is. You can't remember how much you have. You can't find it when you need it. But if it's all in one place, like it's so much simpler and it doesn't feel so overwhelming, right? And you can actually pay attention to it. You can know what you have. So, um, <laughs> um that's so funny. Now I'm distracted because I was just writing up. I just wrote a guest blog about Marie Kondo. <laughs> so, um, I would do that. I would just get it all in one place, get really intentional about it, make it purposeful, make it what you want so that when the guests come over, you're like, boom, I got this. I know where it is. I know exactly what's in there. You guys are going to love staying with me. <laughs> um, it's funny. I love it when people make fun of me. Um, it makes me feel at home. <laughs> would you store all guest items in one spot like dishes and towels? Probably uh, not dishes and towels because I mean, you're not going to go keep dishes in your laundry room, right? Um, extra dishes at our old house, I just had in the higher cabinet. So I had our everyday dishes down here, guest dishes up top. Here we have a little china hutch thing. So the guest dishes go in there, our everyday dishes go in the ugly cover. <laughs> just kidding. Not the ugly cover, but like, you know, they are everyday covered, covered right above the dishwasher. Um, so I'll let you know when it's posted. I actually submitted two. So when they are up and ready, I will be posting them in here for everybody. Um, and then I got to do a third later after this. Um, so I would just kind of use like separating guest items. I would just do it based on like the, um, the area of your house where it makes the most sense. Everybody's house is set up differently. So if you do want suggestions, you can always post in the group. And if you're like, this makes sense here, just you got to do what makes sense in your house. Like for the guest towels in our house, we have cabinets above our washer and dryer. So, and they were empty. So it made sense for me to put them in there, especially because if I open them up and there's funky smell, I can just like dump them down into the washer <laughs> and wash them real quick. Um, if I had extra bedding, that's where I would keep it too. Um, I hope that answered your question. Okay. I will let you guys read it. It's called Marie Kinda. 
It's like Marie Kondo's tagging, but for moms. That's the title of it. <laughs> and then I did another one. I uh, can't remember the name of that one, but it was, oh, How Decluttering Gives You Your Motherhood Back. So those are the two that are coming out soon in the next few weeks. Um, okay, so that was part one, laundry. Part two, towels and extra bedding. If you guys have more questions, just let me know. Um, now let's talk about your kitchen. So in the original Purgathon, we did dishes. Okay, we talked about dishes. Um, oh, I do have to tell you guys, like, I like how this is all like working together. You never really know how it's going to work until you put it out there. <laughs> like yesterday, day one worked out really well. It was like all about offices, papers, catch-all areas. Day seems to be, I didn't do it on purpose, but you know, guest stuff and kind of those like homey laundry accommodation type things, which is cool. So let's talk about the kitchen. We did dishes. I'm on repeat. Sorry, guys, just hang with me. <laughs> we did dishes in the original part of fun. Now I wanted to talk to you guys like about the rest, the rest of your kitchen. You know, things like the gadgets. Um, Danielle Grigg, you guys know her in here. I like to tease her because when she first joined this group almost a year ago, she counted and she had 17 whisks. 17. 17 whisks in her kitchen. And she was like, oh my God, no wonder I'm overwhelmed. I have 17 whisks. Like what person, what Swedish chef needs 17 whisks in their house? So um, Danielle, she decluttered her whisks. Let's all give her a round of applause. She did it. And you guys can too. So when <laughs> 17, I think it was 17, um, it was a crazy number because her mother-in-law likes to send her gifts. In the form of whisks, <laughs> right? Um, but let's go through the rest of your kitchen today and address those types of things, okay? Yeah, three whisks. Um, three whisks. Mixing bowls is a big one. Like we have a lot of mixing bowls. We have a lot of Tupperware. We have a lot of gadgets that are meant to make our life easier, but they've just been sitting in our cabinets collecting dust. It's okay to have a bare or mostly empty cabinet, guys. If you have a bunch of gadgets that you're not using, it's okay to get rid of them, okay? It's okay. If you have 18 spatulas, it's okay to get rid of nine of them. Um, I think I have two I'm gonna purge on today. I have three, also one. We mean one for each kid we cook together. Well, Jean is a chef. Jean is a chef, so Jean, don't get mad at me for what I'm about to say. <laughs> Anything I say right now, don't hold it against me. Um, so I tell you guys like about the pasta maker that I've had. It was like this thing like clamped onto the side of the, the countertop. You could like roll out your own pasta. You could make it all these different crazy shapes and sizes and stuff. And it was really cool. It was in this big box, but I don't like making pasta. Okay. I like making it from a box. I don't like making it myself. I didn't like rolling it out. It was really complicated. I tried it like twice, but I kept onto that. Well, it held onto that pasta maker forever because I think I got it as like a gift. My dad gave it to me or something. And he thought that like growing up, I really loved doing that. And it didn't really didn't love doing that. Um, so I kept it for way too long and it took up a bunch of space and I would just look at it all the time. And I was like, I should use that this weekend. And um, never would, but it was like this. Jamie says, I got rid of my pasta maker because of you. Yeah, it would just like sit in the back of my mind of like, oh my gosh, like I got that and I should use it. 
I should go buy this stuff for it. And it was just like this really annoying, like bug in my ear, like buzzing around of like, you should do this. You should do this. Deep down, you know, you're never going to do it. It's just another annoying thought that you have that's sucking away your life. <laughs> and I know that's so dramatic, but these little things like that happen. Um, it's not that's hilarious that it's you with the six Neosporin tubes. <laughs> I'm always like, if you have six Neosporin tubes that you have to use at one time, you need to go to the emergency room, right? That Neosporin is not saving you. Okay, but um, these little things in your kitchen, you don't really realize it, but they do drain you. They do drain you in these really tiny, seemingly insignificant ways, and they make you exhausted. Like having all of the mixing bowls, you're like, which ones do I use? Which ones... I don't want to clean them. I'm going to let the food sit in it because I'll just put it in the fridge and deal with it another time because I have a whole bunch of other mixing bowls. Like it's not a big deal if I end up having to throw it away because the food got so fuzzy, right? Um, like it's okay to get rid of those things. It's okay. If you don't use them, if you have no intention of ever using them, if you have too many, like it's okay to get rid of them. I want to make my own pasta because I think it would be cool, but then I think, nah, I'm too lazy. It's really hard. Jean, if you have any tricks, maybe let us know. I struggle with it. <laughs> so pare down the excess in your kitchen that isn't serving you. If you have a bunch of big gadgets that you don't use, you know you're never going to use. If you have things like four crock pots, that's what we talked about when this group first started. I was like, if you have, if you have three crock pots, an Instapot, a pressure cooker, a rice cooker, like you don't need all seven of those things. You could probably have a crock pot, maybe a crock pot and an Instapot, maybe, you know, something, but you don't need all of those things. Like they're taking up so much of your life. Like they, they, they frustrate you because you can't keep your cabinets organized and you can't find things when you need it. And you pull something out wanting to use it just to realize you're missing a piece. Right. Um, so use today as your chance to go through and get rid of those excess. My daughter did it for Valentine's Day. The other ones are really light pink. You just can't tell. Um, <laughs> this girl time this weekend, and this happens every few months to me. See? Uh, okay. So confront what's in your kitchen. Get rid of the excess. If you have utensil drawers that are spilling over Use today as your chance to just pare it down. I promise you there's never going to be a major catastrophe because now instead of 10 spatulas, you only have five. Like It's going to be okay. Um, I'm going to come and check the comments in a minute. So that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, she told me on Valentine's Day, if you do this, it lets people know that you're married. So I guess nobody's going to be trying to pick me up on Valentine's Day because of this. Um, okay. I think that's it. I'm looking at my notes. I think we're done. Okay. We're done. So if you guys have questions about the kitchen, the laundry, the towels, the bedding, go ahead and keep asking them post in the group, um, post in the group, cheer each other on, support each other. Keep in mind that I am watching you guys. I will be giving away, um, I mean, I always watch you guys, like I basically stalk you guys, but um, I will be giving away a free seven days to an uncluttered home course. Seven days to an uncluttered home is the course that I created to help you dramatically declutter your home seven days. You don't have to do it in seven days, but when we do the group coaching session starting on Monday, 
we go through it in seven days. It's your laundry, dishes, toys, bathroom, surfaces, and your car. And we go really in depth into all of these areas, getting you massive, massive progress in decluttering them and really getting you on the path toward having a clutter-free home. And the people in this course, you know, I tell you guys this a lot, but when they do it, they do it multiple times. Like they go through the group coaching or they go through it on their own. They get big progress. They're like, yeah, yeah, I feel so good. And then like a month later, they're like, I feel like I need to do it again. And that's how decluttering goes. Like you, it goes in waves and like ebbs and flows of like, boom, boom, big, big progress, progress, progress. Okay. I feel good. I'm going to take a little bit of a break. And then you realize like, okay, I'm going to do some more. So we are starting that on Monday. If you want to get into it, go to motherhoodsimplified.com. You'll see the courses button and you'll get to see how to join, um, how to join, how to get into that. It's amazing. It's super fun. It's always really powerful. Um, and I'm excited to do it again. I'm watching you guys. I'll be giving one away for free. I'm going to be giving three 50% off ones because it's a $44 course, um, but giving three away for $22 and it's amazing. So let me go through and catch up on comments real quick and then hang up. So I gotta go finish that book. <laughs> Jane says it's so easy, but the first couple of times you do anything new, it feels hard and awkward. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I had three funnels and I give my kids two of them playing the bathtub. Once they get gross, they will be trashed. Good idea. Um, I actually saw that. Decided to paint Valentine's Day's Valentine's nails with my girl when she gets home. Okay, bye. Um, yeah, it's fun. She, oh, I'm not a single guys. You can use a rolling pin to make pasta so you don't need the huge pasta maker. Just like you don't need two instant pots and crock pots. Okay, great tip. Okay, perfect. I'm glad um, that you guys are taking this and running with it. You are doing a lot and I will see you guys later. Bye. Hey, before you go, I have a question to ask you. Would you please leave me a five-star review if you are listening on iTunes? It helps me grow my show and reach more moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. If you love the show, I would love it if you shared something specific that you find valuable or helpful or that you just enjoy about listening to this show. It would mean the world to me if you took time out of your day to do that. And while you're at it, head over to motherhoodsimplified.com to listen to more podcast episodes or check out our Facebook group, Instagram, just to connect on social media. If you love these episodes and if you love this show, please tag me. I love to connect with you over there. Podcasts are kind of like a one-way conversation where I feel like I'm talking to you and with you. But when you tag me on social media, I feel like we can take that one step further and actually connect with each other, which is the whole point of me starting this podcast and community in the first place is to be able to connect with moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. So tag me in your Instagram stories. I'm motherhood underscore simplified. Check out the motherhood simplified Facebook group or head over to the site and just find even more blogs, podcasts, decluttering courses to help you continue on your decluttering journey. Thanks so much. And I'll talk to you soon.